technology increasingly affecting every aspect of our lives, it's important to understand how it affects us psychologically. Welcome to the Psychology of Technology podcast, where we look at how humans and machines collide. And welcome to the Psychology of Technology with me, Kareem Tawansi, and the wonderful... Brett Raven, good afternoon. Hey man, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Very well, thank you. Look, today I thought we'd talk a little bit about all things fun and cloudish. So um, obviously in our rather long career things have come and gone, but one thing that's here to stay is the cloud and it's been, well I don't know, when was the first time you heard the word cloud? Oh gosh. Probably 2005, 2006 yeah. era around that. I always wonder how it came about. I've assumed that some marketing person drew a cloud to, to indicate the, the internet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then and it's stuck from ever since. So anyway, on the topic of the cloud, um, there's a number of things that people need to think about when transitioning to the cloud. And uh, today I just wanted to talk about about making sure that you choose the right cloud provider. So um, for people who are in the throes of digital transformation and migrating to the cloud, there's a lot of decisions to be thinking about, uh, not least of which is which cloud provider to go with. And just very quickly, there, there are kind of a handful of cloud providers that stand uh, out above the rest. There's, in fact, there's one that's right at the forefront, which is um, Amazon Web Services, or often referred to as AWS. Um, and AWS, AWS has 48% of the market, I think the last time I looked. Um, the one that's growing pretty quickly is Microsoft's Azure, which is probably sitting close to 20% at, at this point. Um, the large Chinese market looks like it's serviced by Alibaba, which has about 8%. And Google Cloud Platform has, I think, sort of edging up close towards five percent. I think, but and the the other one to mention is IBM, which is sitting around two 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 and a half percent. That leaves about fifteen percent to be shared by all the co companies whose names mm. I haven't mentioned and I probably don't know. So I think when we when we think about cloud providers, we've got to be thinking about the things that we that suit us and what doesn't suit us. But I suppose. Cloud providers all seem to provide a handful of things that are standard across most platforms. Um, the things that come to my mind are security, redundancy, maintenance, abstracted, um, scalability, global reach, standard services, and you know like databases and data stores, etc. And uh, com meeting compliance standards and integration services. They're probably the top ones that are yeah. come to my mind. But obviously, beyond all that, people need to be thinking about what platform is better than, or what platform suits what they're trying to do, what platform is best and um, at what things. So I thought maybe we'd just talk about that a little bit, the things beyond those standard things that I talked about. Sure, sure. Look, I think it's important, um, like anything, right tool for the right job is a key, key aspect, I think, when you're looking at a cloud provider, um, as as you've mentioned, the big players in the game, Amazon. You know they they have first mover advantage. They've been in the industry for a long time from a cloud perspective, being able to put your credit card down and buy something and use it based on a per minute or per hour charge. Um, they kind of defined the business model around that, which has been really interesting. You know, in fact, AWS really came from a white paper that was written by an individual. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he worked for Amazon proper, 
and found that they were buying and building data centers that had a lot of extra capacity within it to cater for all the ups and downs of seasonal shifts in demand. Um, but it was just sitting there otherwise largely unutilized. So he put a program together, a white paper. It went all the way to the top, resonated as an interesting business case, and that's how the whole business got started. So, wow. so it's interesting. Um, uh, it's a good backstory, good origin story, I think, for that. And along the way, one of the things I've learned about Amazon is they actually actively try and save customers money. So rather than uh, increasing prices, they tend to decrease prices, and they provide you with uh, account managers and their job is kind of to reduce your costs, in effect. Really? Which is quite an unusual way to run a business, I would say. But it does, it has built uh, an interesting, um, uh, you know, set of alliances and, and interest from companies who feel like they're being treated really well. Um, along that path, they've also been very good at innovating. And again, with first market mover advantage, I think five, five years or so before Microsoft um, came into the game, you know, they're, they're quite well ahead. So I've, I've used AWS quite a bit in my career. Uh, it's always been quite robust and interesting to work with. I think the uh, challenge with being a first mover is sometimes you are investing heavily in, in new features that may or may not work uh, because you're first market. So one of the things I've seen about Azure, for example, is they've learned a lot of lessons that Amazon would have, the mistakes they would have made yeah. to try and come out with something that's you know a lot more uh, robust or user-friendly or feature-rich or integrated with the Office platforms, things like that. Well, that's, that's actually interesting you should say that because uh, when I think about Microsoft and from a cloud perspective, I think about integration. Uh, I think about, um, and, and it's a strange concept really because it's an open integration as opposed to, what does Apple call it? They have a, I think they, they also call it an integrated market, hmm. but it's a very closed one with, with, my, with the Azure platform. I find that there are so many things you can do and it's provided in a reasonably open way. But also, it's a really good way to integrate with your, if you're running Microsoft Office in the, in the, in the front of your business, mm. it's a fantastic way to integrate. So I suppose these are the kind of things you have to think about when you're moving to the cloud. Um, and then of course, there's Google Cloud Platform, which s tends to work really well, seems to work really, well, seems to be very popular in the research area with, you know, their query and around big data etc yeah I think I think GCP really came into its own as a platform to give access to raw data for things like analytics yeah Google Analytics platform AdWords and so on so it was really a, a way to expose services that would go into more of the raw data behind all that because as you would see in Google Analytics for example the reporting is very much a sampled filtered view and you don't get access to all the individual transactions that occur or individual behaviors that occur on your website yeah so so I think that was a, a way for them to start offering that to their market, and then it expanded from there. And as you said, the use cases I've seen people going out of GCP generally have been big data plays. So using BigQuery and other tools they have, GA360, which is a more uh, advanced and expanded and not cheap Google Analytics platform, um, has given rise to the demand around things like BigQuery. Yeah, yeah. So obviously there's some pretty stark differences and it depends on what you're doing and where you're, where you're coming from. There's also some value add things, I think. I mean, all of them have some form of cognitive services um, or AI, which is an interesting term because people use it all the time. The way I use AI, and I think that's probably the, the way I've seen it most accurately used is as an umbrella term for a collection of capabilities such as 
natural language processing, speech to text or text to speech, and computer voice and machine learning, etc. Um, so the way that they all do that, I think, differs. Uh, so I think one of the things we probably need to talk about, though, is if you're going to move to a cloud environment, are you moving to uh, infrastructure as a service or mm. platform as a service? Because they all, each one has its strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, like I think organizations, um, that's the first sanity check they need to go through. Are we taking what we have existing in our on-premise environment and copying and replicating into a, a provider? Or are we going to take a chance to reinvent some of that? And then the conversation, I think, changes and the boxes that you would tick would change as well. So if it's just a lift and shift, which is generally the most cost-effective ideal process, then the questions you're asking the provider are going, to, are going to be different than if you're investing heavily in the what I call the fabric or the, the platform fabric mm. of these providers. So will you take advantage of and write code against integration tools they have or AI or data platforms that are specific to that platform? which creates a stickiness, which is nice for the cloud providers to have, but sometimes, you know, a CIO, CTOs, having that ability to port between providers is really important. Yeah. Not always, you know, if you're gonna bet the farm on a multi-billion dollar company like uh, Amazon or Google or, uh, or Microsoft Azure, then maybe you're in it for the long haul and you can take advantage of those platform capabilities, but sometimes you just wanna be able to move around. So in short, what I think you're saying is, on the one hand, you'd have portability, on the other hand, you have, if you like, speed to development, for speed for development, because you've got a lot of the services already built in for you. Yeah, you're right. I think in some cases, if you were starting, uh, let's say you were rebuilding a system or you're starting from scratch, the, pro the features that these cloud providers can provide can definitely accelerate you getting to an end game, especially with some pretty cutting edge technology, which you wouldn't necessarily have access to mm. in your legacy platforms. So moving to something that is more out-of-the-box rich, capable, um, and scales ultimately off the back of a credit card based on your usage, I think is a really interesting, I keep saying the word interesting, That's is a really powerful way to move forward from a tech perspective. Right, okay. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode. Once again, it's been fun, and I'll see you on the other side. Thanks, Craig.